Gee willikers, I really wish I had somebody here to just spend Christmas with. Or maybe even to just spoil a movie for me, anything. Ho, 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 ho. Uh, Santa? Yes, Glenjamin. It is me. Oh, no, sorry, not Santa. It's me, Spoiler Claus. <laughs> Santa's stepbrother. Oh, wow. Yes. The following podcast contains spoilers for Babes in Toyland. <laughs> you have been warned. <laughs> no, no, I want an official writer in her car when I should do it and get rid of my lay rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Mm. Oh, these cookies! I gotta get the rest from Labs. Put that cookie down! Now! Yes! This Christmas music! It's joyful and triumphant. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Spoiler Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the dumbest one we've ever done. That is hilarious, though. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, how are you doing, Glenn? Oh, I'm I'm not bad. I'm really tired. You know, the season's hitting us hit there at the movies. You know, we're waiting for some some big leagues to come and investigate our buildings and be like, yeah, you look good, and then walk away. So just very tired from from all of that. And yeah. Spider Man hasn't even hit us yet. So yeah. <laughs> oh boy, can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, what have you watched any movies in the past uh, week with your busy schedule? Oh my my busy schedule. I've watched one movie and I started rewatching a show uh getting ready for the new season of that show but i will start with the movie first well i know uh, that's a lie i know you for a fact you've watched at least two movies <laughs> two movies yes yeah. <laughs> indubitably <laughs> <laughs> uh the the first one was unforgivable uh with sandra bullock uh and viola davis vincent d'onofrio and john bernthal mm-hmm. um about her being uh unforgivable yeah, real, yeah unforgiven period just uh <laughs> She, how she like was, uh, she went to prison for murder and, uh, came out of prison on good behavior and just the world just despises her and she tries to find her sister who she lost contact with, uh, once her little sister got adopted. So, uh, it was, it was a decent movie. Like I didn't have a bad time with it or anything. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, there's just nothing like the, the books. And, I'm like, I didn't care for the book yeah, because I didn't almost, read it. <laughs> it's almost as if there's two different mediums. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so who knows? If you read the book, I'm sure you like the book more. If you, if you watch the movie and didn't read the book, you're probably going to like the movie more yeah. like I did. Uh, yeah, I thought it was decent. Sandra was great, as always, and so was, so was everybody else. But uh, after that, I decided to uh, rewatch The Witcher Um the, the first season of that, obviously, because I'm pretty sure this week that we're recording, um, the 20th, actually, is when the new season drops, and I'm trying to get ready for that, because I loved the first season of The Witcher. Faux show, faux show. Faux show. But uh, yeah. other than that, uh-huh. yes, dear <laughs> Miguel, what do you have? <laughs> well, I you you straight up lied, I did, I did, because I want you to You've seen three movies. <laughs> Uh, so the first movie I watched last week, I rewatched The Matrix in IMAX with you because I have, uh, uh, I'm assuming you as well because you're younger than me, uh, had never seen it in theaters before. Uh, and this is true. They true re- re-released it on IMAX. Uh, so we went and put our 
peepers on that to at a very late show that got out at like 1 a.m mm-hmm. and we were both tired boys afterwards but it was a good time <laughs> it was it was a good time good uh good movie still good uh cool seeing it with surround sound for once yeah, that definitely was really cool. great to see an imax period absolutely uh it's just funny how the how dated the computers are nowadays yeah. uh, because you know that was like high tech back then i'm not talking like the dystopian matrix computers but like the computers he was a hacker he was mm-hmm. supposed to have like state-of-the-art computers back then and they had floppy disks and everything <laughs> floppy disk yeah uh then i watched uh so a few months ago uh for those if anyone does remember this i watched the original japanese uh horror movie dark water uh this week i watched the american remake version this year i've been trying to watch like our original foreign films and their american remakes mm-hmm. relatively close to each other uh this is it's a fine movie. It's exactly, for the most part, like the Japanese version. Uh, I think the Japanese version's a little creepier and a little um, less annoying, if yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so it, it's fine, but it's not great. I, I didn't even like the Japanese version that much, but the Japanese version's obviously better. Yeah. Uh, then I watched the original 1961 West Side Story uh, in preparation um, for... Uh, you know, us watching West Side Story together and then mm-hmm. <laughs> having technical difficulties with a review. Uh, so, yeah, the second movie I watched after the 1961 West Side Story was the 2021 West Side Story, mm-hmm. uh, which we recorded a review, but there are technical difficulties, so it will not be released. Glenn, what did you think of West Side Story? I enjoyed West Side Story. I thought it was it was a very fun time, very safe movie for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fine. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of West Side Story, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fine movie. If you like West Side Story, you're gonna like it. Uh, then I found myself on a plane for some reason, wow. uh, so I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll just watch some movies on this plane. You know, th- it's not going anywhere, so I'll just turn on some movies. It's a good place to um, watch them. Yeah, first uh, first movie I watched was called Mogul Mowgli, mm-hmm. which is uh, with um, Riz Ahmed, a Stony Award winning Riz Ahmed. Uh, I think he won a Stony at least. He, might, I'm pretty sure he won one. Yeah, but anyway, uh, he. Um, in this, he plays a Pakistani rapper, oh, a, a British rapper who is of Pakistani descent, mm-hmm. uh, and he finds himself having like this autoimmune disease where his muscles start um, atrophying, mm. and he starts like getting weak and everything. Uh, and while he's trying to like heal, uh, he misses out on a big tour. And while he's trying to heal, he kind of like bonds i guess with his pakistani culture uh kind of realizing you know things aren't going the way he wanted them to so mm-hmm. he might as well make the best of it uh it's it's a it's a pretty good movie i i enjoyed it um it's very independent uh i feel like i'd probably like it more if i liked rap but i don't like rap so no i think you just got to change your ways entirely no i'm fine <laughs> thanks <laughs> no, but like, there's there's a lot of musical sequences where I feel like if you liked rap, you'd probably be really into them. And I was just like, yeah. can we get to the story bit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a good movie. The, the lyrics in the rap were relevant to the story. I just, you know, prefer to not listen to rap personally. Understandable. Um, but it's at least it's not country. So there's that. Oh, yes. Uh, then the second movie I watched on the airplane uh, was called... The Last Leonardo, which is a document uh, documentary about this painting that 
is widely it, people have said it is a or sorry the lost leonardo is what it's called uh. people have said it's a leonardo da vinci painting that had been lost to time uh and there are a lot of people who don't agree with that uh apparently like the authentication process takes like years if not decades and um the people who bought it essentially like pressured people uh, to say it was a Leonardo da Vinci so they could make a profit off of it. Yeah. And they ended up being like the most expensive painting of all time. It sold for half a billion dollars. The Prince of Saudi Arabia has it. Jesus. Um, yeah, it, it's a whole thing. Uh, I feel like if I liked art a bit more, like painting art, yeah. history and all that i would i would have really loved it uh if you're not interested in that it's it's a good documentary but it's not gonna you know completely wow crazy. you yeah yeah uh then the maniac mm-hmm. who was in the plane in the front of the plane <laughs> flew us to los angeles for some reason <laughs> what? i what thought we were just watching movies and, and sitting in the philadelphia tarmac i mm. don't know um no <laughs> so yeah I, I went to la for a film festival after the film festival, I went to the TCL Chinese Theater. Uh, it was closed because Ben Affleck and George Clooney just had a film premiere there. Ugh. But I got to see the outside of it, and then I got to go into their uh, updated theaters, which are not technically part of the same building, mm-hmm. but owned by the same people. So it's still technically the TCL Chinese Theater. It's really nice on the inside. It's got some of the uh, handprints and cement and all that. Uh, but we saw the uh, me and my friends saw the movie Don't Look Up, which is Adam McKay's newest movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep. That's uh, the one that's on Netflix, right? It will be. It's not uh, on there yet. Um, but it's uh, it's for some reason it's got a fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Last time I checked, at least it might be higher or, or lower by this point. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, I do not understand how people dislike this movie. Weird, like. Maybe it's like the star power and they expected more or something. Uh, maybe I, it's it, like it is. If you know Adam McKay's movies like Vice or uh, The Big Short, mm-hmm. the editing style is kind of sloppy, but it's done on purpose for comedic effect. Yeah. So I could see people. Uh, this this wasn't so much a documentary as those were, or like those were. It was a narrative film, but they were told like it was a documentary in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is just straight up fiction yeah um but i loved it i'm i'm it's definitely in my top 10 i'm debating whether or not it's higher than it currently is mm-hmm. uh, i have to think about it but i i absolutely loved it um it's if you don't know what it's about it is about these uh um astronomers who discover a uh five kilometer wide i think it's five kilometer it might be I, I don't remember exactly how big it was uh, coming straight for Earth, like there's, they did the math. There's going to be an impact, uh, and it's going to be an extinction level event. They go and tell the government, and the government's like, "Ooh, it's midterms. Uh, it's it's kind <laughs> of a bad time for us." Yeah. So it, it's kind of just the frustration of getting people to believe scientists when like there's a a life and death situation. Yeah, it's crazy when somebody's like, "Yeah, we're probably going to die if this thing yeah, you know yeah. hits us," and they're like, "Well, <laughs> and are we?" <laughs> Jonah, in my opinion, is Leonardo DiCaprio's best role. Um, oh wow! Because he he. he it, it, Maybe not his best, his most different, because he usually plays like strong characters. In this, mm-hmm. he's very nervous and weak, and I've never seen him like that in any movie. So he was like, it was just cool seeing him in something different. Yeah. Jonah Hill's fucking hilarious. He's supposed to be like 
the he's the son the spoiled son of the president and everything mm-hmm. um and just telling people that they need to like chill <laughs> just, <laughs> he's playing himself essentially but like being a high politician yeah and at telling the, people to chill is just time. hilarious yeah so it, it's a it's a really fun movie highly suggest people check it out and also check out tcl chinese theater it's pretty cool uh, and then I flew back home and watched Babes in Toyland. Not on the plane, but when I got back home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. And then I, for the Thousand and One Movies project I'm doing, uh, I watched the Jungle Book, the 2016 version, because for some reason that's in there. Um, Did you not watch that one yet? No, I had. I'm just rewatching oh, okay. the ones I've already seen. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, but yeah, without any further ado, let's get into Babes in Toyland. Barnaby bought the mortgage on her mother's house and said he'd throw them all out in the street if she didn't. There's trouble in Toyland. Dear friends and neighbors, as justice of the peace of Toyland, it falls within my power to join this handsome couple. Well, anyway, uh, this couple in matrimony. The wicked Barnaby Barnacle wants the beautiful Mary Contrary to be his bride. Barnaby Barnacle. Do you take Mary here to be a bride? To have and protect as long as you both shall live? I do, I do. I absolutely, yes. I do. In that case... She doesn't love him! She loves Jack! And she really shouldn't be marrying you! A young girl wakes up in a realm of Toyland, where she teams up with her family and friends to overthrow the evil villain, Barnaby. Yes. Uh, Directed by Clive Donner, or Donner, I'm pretty sure it's Donner. Uh, written by uh, Paul Zindel, based on the book by Glenn Mac- McDonough. Uh, starring Drew Barrymore, Richard Mulligan, Eileen Brennan, Keanu Reeves, Jill Sholin, or Shulin, uh, Googie Gress, uh, Pat Mor- uh, Morita's in there. Pretty sure that's the only people of note. Uh, but yeah, uh, this was a streaming roulette choice. Uh, I, have, I ha- had seen it when I was a kid. What, um, a family I hung out with a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they babysat me and everything there. Uh, they loved that that movie, so I'd watched it a lot. And so we watched it, and it, things happened. Oh, yeah. So many yes. so many bubbly charms in my stomach. So many butterflies, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess, what, what, what was this in competition with? Ernest, uh, Ernest Christmas? Ernest Saves Christmas and the animated Grinch movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it beat those out. Uh, IMDb, so this is kind of, uh, the, the version we watched is much shorter than the original version. Mm-hmm. The original TV version is two hours and 20 minutes. Thank Jesus Christ, that uh, <laughs> the version that we got to watch on Prime Video was only an hour and 35 minutes. I'm curious what um, the 40-minute difference was. I, I Watching it, like, there was a few things that I could tell, mm-hmm. like, that they could have probably expanded on, but 50 minutes worth of stuff? Yeah. I can't imagine what they could have added on to be that much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a TV movie, so it's, you know... It's kind of cheap. It's not expected to be, especially back then, because TV didn't have the same budgets or, or style as the, it does now. Um, but it's, you know, rewatching it, it's definitely flawed. But as far as a TV Christmas movie goes, it wasn't terrible. It's, that's for sure. Um, from, from I mean, my uh, impressions of it is that it, it 
it definitely had a lot of charm going for it for sure. Yes. Um it's campy as fuck, but it's it is, definitely it's, it's it is, charming. It is super campy, but like I th- I thought I was going to have a worse time with it, especially the beginning when uh you know the uh the store owner was kind of being, being creepy. <laughs> very creepy, like flirtatious with the uh with the older sister and I was like, she's probably like 16 in this movie and he's probably like 56 at the least. Yeah. This is weird. Uh, and then it, then it gets into it and then it, 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 it doesn't change that plot, but at the same time, <laughs> it, it makes it Christmassy and a little, you know, <laughs> more magical. Shall it's I say Christmas pedophilia? It's, it's a little it's, bit. It's bad. a different brand <laughs> <laughs> to, to, uh, uh, clarify the character is like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the actress playing her is uh, like in her early twenties when, yeah. when it was shot. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, the the I think the biggest thing I kind of enjoyed about it is that it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, yep. where the main character gets knocked out, and then these characters that were introduced to us in the real world are now characters in the fantasy world, the dream world that she's having, um, and uh, it just kind of makes it for a fun thing. And Eileen Brennan, uh, who plays her mom in the real world, and then uh, the woman in the shoe in the in Toyland. Mm-hmm. She's hilarious. Uh, if, if you didn't recognize her, she plays Mrs. Peacock in the movie Clue. Oh, um, and she's just she's a hilarious actress. And it was she's not in this very much, but when she is, mm-hmm. it, she she made me laugh. Uh, I think she's a very, you know, f- funny comedian. And and uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I think Richard Mulligan was good as Barney. Uh, I, th- I think he might have actually been my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he was really you know, good. When he wasn't being, uh, when his character wasn't creepy as shit. And that it, was the writing fault, not so much his fault. Yeah. He, he sold it. He yeah, sold he the was, creepiness. He was great as uh, both characters uh, indefinitely, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than other than that, I think he, he definitely killed it as, you know, the little, the villain of the movie. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just so, uh, uh, just charismatic with his role. He was, when, yeah. when he was in Toyland. Yeah. It, it was it was fun a lot of fun to see because it looked like he was definitely having fun. Yeah. Um with with Drew Barrymore, whenever I see her in these younger roles, it's it's weird for me because she reminds me of one of my little cousins who's like twelve, but they like have the same uh mannerisms and everything. Mm-hmm. And it freaks me out. I'm like, oh god, she reminds me of Michaela so much. <laughs> I can't stand it. It's driving me insane. <laughs> how how dare they be so identical in a way? How dare they, yeah. It's also really weird to see her so young, and I haven't seen anything where she's like this young. Not Have even ET. E. No. Oh, you haven't seen ET? No, not she's, fully at least. She's maybe like five or six years younger in ET. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of. I know it's kind of the point of the movie, but every time she said, I, "Like I'm not a kid," yeah, I, I kind of laughed. I'm like, I was like, "Oh, you're a kid. You're a kid, <laughs> and you were a much younger kid in ET." Uh, the um. <laughs> Oh, I, when back when you were saying uh, the Wizard of Oz, now it felt like that. It, it also made me uh, feel like this was kind of like a Alice in Wonderland of sort too, because yeah, I could see the that. way the way Georgie Porgy like first gets introduced in, in Toyland, um, he's like, oh, get out of my way, out of my way, like kind of like I'm late, I'm late, like yeah, the white yeah. Rabbit. So like it's it definitely seemed like a mix of both worlds, but you know more festive, <laughs> more festive indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't 
it's it's a movie that like I don't really have too much to say. The the uh, one thing that probably stuck with me the most mm-hmm. is the music. It is a musical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like as soon as they started this singing the Cincinnati song, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yes, I remember this. I never and, met anybody from Ohio that was that happy to be from Ohio. <laughs> I know a couple people who are yeah. actually uh, one of them's from Cincinnati. I don't know who, uh, where the other one's from. Uh, he might be from Cincinnati too, but uh, you know, apparently Cincinnati is the uh, the safe haven in all of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> in that song, like it's so obvious that something bad's gonna happen. Not just because the story needs it. Yeah, but Keanu Reeves is not driving responsibly at yeah, you all. Can, you can even see it on his face. He's like, oh, oh yeah. while he's singing, he's like, oh shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he, he doesn't. Singing. He doesn't do anything to correct it at all. Yep. He doesn't slow down. He doesn't like you know ease off the gas and put a little bit on the the brake. He's mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, this is just gonna happen, I guess. Oh, <laughs> keep going. Um, and, and you know he his whole th- he was oh I have a four wheel drive that's not gonna <laughs> we, matter we can do it that's not gonna matter when there's that much snow on the ground mm-hmm. um, but it, you know this the songs are catchy uh, there's the also the um, the wedding the happy wedding song that they play at the beginning with uh, you know when Barnaby's about to marry Mary mm-hmm. um, that song I remembered like I was just like. I, I don't remember the words, but I remembered the melody. I was like, yeah, there's that. And then, of course, the babes in Toyland. So, you know, what? No, no matter how I feel about this movie, the songs are catchy enough for me to remember them. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something about this. I had laying it out there. I, I think I even said this last. I'd never seen this movie, but there was something that seemed so familiar about it. Yeah. The, like, at, like that it... If you did even catch glimpses of it, you're gonna feel like oh, I, I remember that. Like yeah. I remember seeing that at one point. Like uh, uh, just you know, with the with the toy maker and everything, and Mister Miyagi <laughs> being the toy yeah. maker or the toy Japanese master. I'm Santa. sorry. Yep. Uh, just seeing him and some of the songs and just some of the moments in it. Like if you've never seen it, you're definitely gonna be like, oh, that's that's i had seen that in the past holy shit that's mind-blowing that i would just remember this out of nowhere mm-hmm. like i did so that i mean it that was pretty cool for me at least you know to be like uh whoa <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's it is a very like 80s cheesy movie but it's it's memorable mm-hmm. which is is more than most movies can say for um, sure the acting from the kids uh, leaves a lot. I think Keanu's pretty good in this. Yeah. You know, for the the subject matter he gets. Uh, I guess the biggest problem I have is just Drew Barrymore. She's still a child actress at this point. She's acting like a child actress. Yeah. I just but wish like Mary's she was... fine. Georgie Porgy's fine. I wish she was um, younger, if anything. Yeah. If she was younger, it would have made more sense. If she was younger, you know, kids kids deny that they're kids at that age for one. And also, I feel like the way she acts in this movie, for sure, she would just be younger if she was acting that way like she'd be like she just doesn't remember anything she's very uh how i say, should say immature not 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 like being like oh you're being immature but like just actually just not an adult in any way but she's constantly like oh i'm a i'm a, not a kid yada yada if that's mm-hmm. making any sense you know what i'm saying yeah I, okay i i get it <laughs> yeah um I, I don't have too much to say. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it's it's a fine movie. Yeah, uh, it's it's better than I I thought it was gonna be because I I didn't 
have too fond of memories of it and obviously and like the IMDb ratings and 5.4 so uh, but you know, it's it, for an '80s TV movie. It's pretty solid. Like it's it's I, no first half of it. Yeah, but like it's it's uh, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> I I think for sure it shouldn't be overlooked when it comes to Christmas movies. No, yeah, especially if you got young but, kids. It's, it's yeah. a very it's it's definitely for younger kids. But, but I, I'm definitely I definitely didn't fall in love with it or anything like yeah. that. But it definitely shouldn't be overlooked in any sort of. I, I wouldn't have a very angry reaction if it if it mm-hmm. was on if like someone was watching it in my presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch it. <laughs> can I can I just say this is a very Keanu Christmas that we're having? Like we just watched Matrix it last is. week. We watched uh, Babes in Toyland. We're going to uh, watch Matrix Resurrections next week. Yep. And John Wick was supposed to come out this year, too. But, it, yeah. I mean, it was supposed to be back-to-back with Matrix, but COVID had to happen. Yeah. Um, COVID. It's just very Keanu Christmas, and I kind of yeah. love it. Yeah. Ke- Whoa. Merry Christmas, Merry everyone. Christmas. My name's <laughs> Jake, or whatever. I'm an FBI <laughs> agent. I'm a prince of a warehouse. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> My best friend's a cookie taster, because that's the only job a fatty magoo can have. Thanks, Georgie Porgy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah, same here. All right, so that brings us to the judgment for Babes in Toyland. As always, it has to be a unanimous decision whether or not becomes a shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Glenjamin Button, I'm going to make you go first. Does Babes in Toyland go on the shelf? Um... I think uh, recalling to what I had just said about two minutes ago is where I didn't necessarily fall in love with it, but I did have fun with it. Um, I don't think I'd put it on the shelf necessarily, mm-hmm. but I I wouldn't I wouldn't you know throw it in the trash or anything like that. I would yeah. tell people that hey, have the holiday season. Maybe don't watch Christmas Story again for the eight hundredth time this year. You shut your fucking mouth. I'll watch it as many goddamn times as I want to. (laughs) Maybe change it up a little bit. That's all I'm saying, man. Hey, there is time to watch Christmas Story for 24 hours and then also watch this. There's more than one day in December. (laughs) Come on, just just add 26 hours to the day. Come on. Yeah. I know, but I I would agree. Like, it's a fine movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, you know, it's definitely an overlooked Christmas movie. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it does not go on the shelf for me either. There it is. So Babes in Toyland does not make it onto the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, we, if, for those of you who listen to us every week, we cut out doing plugs, but I found something that I uh, felt like I should plug because it's movie related. There yeah. is a documentary series ooh, excuse me, on Netflix called Voir. Uh, or Voir? Voir? It's... it's <laughs> It's a the verb to see in French, uh, mm-hmm. V-O-I-R, voir, voir, voyeur, I don't know. Voyeur? Uh, it's I not think? voyeur. It's not voyeur. I know for a fact it's not I think voyeur. it's voir. Yeah, voir. <laughs> uh, but it is uh, produced by David, uh, David Fincher, uh, and it's essentially just a bunch of uh, video essays made by critics about specific things in film, like... Uh, the first episode is entirely about Jaws and how it changed the filmmaker's life. Uh, one of them is about the violence of revenge movies. Another one is about um, the aesthetics of animation and everything. And it's mm-hmm. just really cool. It's a really short... It's six episodes. They're all less than 25 minutes. Uh, one of them is 18 minutes, I think. So, like, it, they vary in, in length. 
um, and they don't overstay their welcome. But, you know, if you're a film lover, you're probably going to like that series. Oh. Uh, I watched it all already, and I started you it. crazy man. I started it uh, today, and I ended it today. So how many that. episodes? Six. Six, nice. Yeah. So that is uh, going to be on Netflix. It's Voir, Voyeur, Voyeur, V-O-I-R. I am not French. I, <laughs> it's, it's a thing. Um, but yeah, really cool uh, series. Check that out. Some of our greatest cinema challenges us to really confront our own hearts and the safety of that darkened theater. That's part of the purpose of filmmaking. As a viewer, it's about the attraction of spectacle and to get your heart racing. But what happens if a movie breaks these unwritten rules? It's not just okay to tell stories about characters we don't like. It's crucial. The thing that haunted me about this one movie is it held up a mirror. Violence in your mind is far more powerful than violence that's actually on screen. I think, um, uh, I think since, I'm, or since you're doing plugs, I might as well do mine, Oh, too. go for it, yeah. Heck yeah. Um... I did post this on Facebook recently. This is, uh, as as most of you may or may not know, I really enjoy like a folklore and uh, you know mythological things and you know uh, like Greek and Norse mythology. And I've been getting back into it this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, as you also may know, I'm a big video game lover. <laughs> so while in the midst of uh, watching all these videos and you know listening to podcasts about uh, the mythologies. And the uh, the cosmos of gods and such, uh, I came across a, a little video essay called "Untangling God of War," and he talks Ooh. about uh, you know the 2018's God of War video game and how uh, you know just the characters within it and just the characteristics within it and just how good of storytelling you know the the people who made that game like are mm-hmm. and how they you could just you take this one character. And it changes the whole, you know, mythos of like the story. Yeah. Like uh, if I don't, I don't even know if I want to spoil it, but it's just a, it's just a really good video, and how they break it down, and it's only half an hour long, maybe thirty six minutes to be exact. Um, it's called Untangling God of War uh, on the YouTube channel Good Blood. Cool. Loki is not an easy character to remove from Norse mythology. When it comes to the storytelling devices of the 9th and 10th century Vikings, Loki was a primary one, as the god of mischief's lust for conflict was often used as the tool to shake up the natural order of things. Loki's actions were responsible for the feuds and even deaths of many gods and giants, creation of the cosmos' greatest monsters, and is seen leading the charge against the gods of Asgard during the final battle at the end of everything. Ragnarok. The etymology of his name points to the Germanic word Lok, which denoted things to do with loops, like knots or locks. He is the character that tangles plots and complicates relationships. Yeah, so cool. those, those are our plugs for uh, this week. Uh, like I said, we cut that segment out essentially, except for when we have something that is relevant or, mm-hmm. you know, we, we feel like plugging. Uh, we we kind of got tired of just plugging bullshit. So yeah. uh, we, we um, wanted to, we wanted to be like be actually good when we do talk yes. about them. So yeah, that is the final episode of the Kafrismus 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 KFR Christmas, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we are going to take a little hiatus, uh, you know, to enjoy the holidays and not worry about watching movies and all that. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be gone. We're not going to have an episode for two weeks. Uh, I would think I haven't talked about this with Glenn, but well, you know, better to do it live. Uh, what do you think of releasing a, a an episode on um, 
the 10th is as the first one. Yeah. Cool. All right. So our first episode back will be January 10th. I uh, hope everyone enjoys their holidays. But, of course, you still need to know what you're watching. That's true. You can't just, you know, show up and not have seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's my turn to pick the first movie of the new year. Uh, and honestly, I'm kind of glad that we have time to, uh, to to watch this because I've been wanting to put this as the selection for the film, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, of my week. But it is two hours and 40 minutes, and I, you know... I don't really like throwing that much movie at people. <laughs> it, it, it works, though. This, yeah, this is it the does. perfect time. It is the perfect time. So we're going to have like two two weeks, maybe three weeks. I don't know. Math. Uh, <laughs> two, two weeks to watch this movie. Uh, and it is called Hater. And that is going to be on Netflix. Uh, Hater, H-A-I-D-E-R. Uh, it is a, a Indian movie. Uh, a young man returns to Kashmir after his father's disappearance to confront his uncle, whom he suspects of playing a role in his father's fate. For those of you who don't know, that is also the plot of Hamlet, because this is based on Hamlet by William Shakespeare, uh, written by uh, Basharat Peer and Vishal Bardwaj. It's directed by Vishal Bardwaj. It is starring Shahid Kapoor, Tabu. Shadra Kapoor, K.K. Menon, uh, Irfan Khan is in there. Rest in peace. Uh, and yeah, I I have heard nothing but good things about this. I only learned today that it's based on Hamlet. So that's pretty cool. It's got great visuals from what I can tell. It's I, I think it's going to be kick-ass. Hopefully it is. We'll, I, we'll, I think it might be kick-ass too. We'll find out together. Adir, my उसकी उन दोनों आंखों में गोलियां दागना जिन आंखों से उसने तुम्हारी मां पर फरेब डाले थे so uh, yeah that's going to be hater on netflix again h a i d e r uh, and that will be our assignment for january 10th the All first right. episode of 2022. So thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com on Insta- Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review, Twitter, Keystone underscore film, Facebook, Keystone film review, YouTube, Keystone film review, TikTok, Keystone film review, and on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until 2022. So happy holidays, happy new year, and we will see you then when we watch a pretty violent movie it looks like yeah every single poster i've seen the guy has blood on his face so this is gonna be crazy hopefully so it's just ketchup he missed his one french fry oh yeah that's less badass happy holidays everybody bye-bye kisses Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Ho, 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 ho.